This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Hey, it's Glenn, and I want to remind you, peace of mind is tough to come by these days unless you have a Liberty Safe. With a Liberty Safe, you won't worry when you leave the house because you'll know your valuables are protected. And right now, you can get free delivery to your home on any Liberty Safe. Go to LibertySafe.com for factory direct pricing. LibertySafe.com, made in the USA, lifetime warranty, and peace of mind. LibertySafe.com. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it. How are you? Yes, it's another beautiful day across the great land of America and around the world, for that matter. Welcome to the Jeff Fisher Show. Put a smile on your face. Take a sip of coffee. Here you go. If you're able to, go ahead. Light up a smoke. Relax. Take it easy. We have a ton, a ton of things to get to today. And I do mean a ton. How much is a ton again? That's right, a whole bunch. But I take my wife and my son, I drive them up to a Boy Scout camp last night. So it's here in Texas. It's a big Boy Scout camp. It takes you about an hour to get to the beginning of this camp and then another hour to get back to where you camp at. Long dirt roads, where they heck back on this ranch. And it, it's it's nice. It's nice. But, you know, it, whatever. It's a big scout ranch. So they're up there for the weekend. And then I, you know, I drive back and I sit down and I start thinking about what I want to talk to you about today. And I run across this story and it just, it's just agonizing to me. And the headline is Boy Scouts of America faces biggest lawsuit in its history. Okay. And I think, oh my gosh, what, what, what's going on? Because they've had their share of battles. Lately, no question. Um, and some may say some of that has been deserved. Deserved? Yeah, deservedly. Deserved? Deserved. But let's read about this case in particular. 19 people claim they were abused by the same scoutmaster, oh my gosh, who went from tent to tent molesting boys. That's the headline. If you only read the headline, the horror. Right? Right. Now, this is in Connecticut. Connecticut Scoutmaster abused, according to this, 19 children in the 1960s and the 1970s. I'll continue. According to this article... Attacking one child more than a thousand times. This is what the lawsuit claims. Donald Dennis is his name. Allegedly went from tent to tent molesting boys as young as 11 during camping trips. Some of them hundreds of times. Assaulted youngsters at a church where they had meetings. 17 men and two women have come forward to sue the Boy Scouts of America 
And, of course, that makes it the biggest legal case against the organization in the history. The attorney who is suing on behalf of these 19 people said, I have a client who was molested over a thousand times. There was never any supervision on these camping trips. They just left this guy alone with all these kids, and he would go from tent to tent molesting boys. Now, I will say, I was part of some camping trips, very few, I might add, uh, in the 70s as a wannabe scout. Uh, I never had any problems. The only problem was it was in the winter in Michigan, and I was not all about that. I about froze to death. I mean, it is a cold. And of course, and to, as a side note to my camping trip, the good thing that you're supposed to do as a scouter is to bring, you know, some straw and lay down a couple of layers and then your tent and then, you know, a couple of maybe a blanket or another another layer on the bottom of your tent. Yeah, we had none of that in my tent. I, th- I honestly thought I was going to freeze to death. But I digress. The lawsuit filed in state court claims the Boy Scout leaders knew or should have known that Dennis was a danger to the Scouts. Really? Okay, so this is in the 60s and the 70s, right? And they either knew or they should have known about this going on. Now, on a side note, I just want you to know that this man, he died two years ago. He died two years ago. This is an 850-page filing. It also claims in the lawsuit that two girls were forced to watch Dennis abuse some of the scouts in his home. (laughs) Named in the lawsuit are the National Boy Scouts Organization, the Fairfield County Council, and the Connecticut Yankee Council. (laughs) Dennis, the scoutmaster, was an assistant scoutmaster from 63 to 68, served as a scoutmaster until moving out of Connecticut in 1975. Local businessman, auxiliary state trooper, all during the same time period, right? Now, in this story, they talk about in 2012, and we, we know about this, it was revealed in Oregon that the National Boy Scout Organization kept secret records of potential pedophiles described as ineligible volunteers, now, this was either people who they thought were bad or knew were bad, and they had uh, done bad things, and they didn't want them part of the scouts. Uh, just as a side note, uh, this man in Connecticut, uh, Dennis, uh, Donald Dennis, uh, was not listed. Uh, he was not on the list. Yeah, he wasn't on the list. Uh, now, according to the attorney, that's just because he hadn't been sued. Oh, Oh, but the other people that were on the secret records were potential pedophiles and described as ineligible volunteers. They, looks like some of those had not been sued either. But hey, that's just a thought. The lawsuit also claims that many of the accusers, and this is what sent me over the edge. This is what sent me over the edge as a story that just, makes me believe that people want to not work for anything. And, hey, this is a possible lawsuit where we can get a lot of money 
from the Boy Scouts of America. It's easy pickings because everybody will look at the headline and say, yeah, yeah. The lawsuit also claims that many of the accusers had repressed memories of the attacks. Now, those memories resurfaced when the records of the pedophiles became public in 2012. Those same records that Donald Dennis, the man who they're accusing, wasn't on, by the way. But they heard about a list and all of a sudden had, oh my gosh, that happened to me. And it happened to, to Freddie a thousand times. Nobody said anything. Nobody did anything. I know he was a, a, a state trooper, a volunteer state trooper. I know he was a local businessman. I know he was in the scouts for 15 to 20 years. I know that. But I have these repressed memories. Oh, that's right. That's right. The list. Oh, my gosh. The horror. I hope that A, what the trouble with these claims is groups like the Boy Scouts will end up settling because of the insurance company. And and we've all had dealings, or at least I have dealings with insurance companies that just want to cut the deal. They want it over with. I have argued with my insurance company not to cut a deal with a person. No. Let's go to court. He's in the wrong. I don't want to settle. Settling, in my mind, makes it seem like I'm guilty or they're right and they're not. And my insurance company is like, no, Jeff, no. Look, it's cheaper in the long run just to pay. This was for $20,000, just twenty grand. It's cheaper to pay the 20000 and be done with it. And then we're good. We can walk away rather than fight. And j- just to prove your point, it's cheaper just to pay the, pay the man $20,000. was i am still a little angry about that. Boy Scouts of America said uh, in a statement that they released, we were only made aware of these allegations last month and never received any reports or accusations against this individual. No, of course not, because these were all repressed memories that just resurfaced when they saw a story on the news. The individual has not been registered in our programs for many years and is now deceased. Thank you, Boy Scouts of America. I want the Boy Scouts of America. Please, I know they're going to end up probably settling. They'll probably give these 19 people, you know. So they all walk away with free money, and the Boy Scouts of America could say, we were not, we settled this case because we wanted it gone, but there's no proof of any of this. I hope a judge at least looks at this and says, uh, no, uh, no, goodbye, please. But in today's world, in Connecticut, ha, good luck, good luck. So just remember that if you had, uh, if you have repressed memories of something horrific that may have happened to you and you remember them when someone releases a list, just go ahead and sue. Just go ahead and sue. Look, I know that the guy wasn't on the list. 
of the potential pedophiles or the ineligible volunteers. I know he wasn't on that list. I know there was never anything reported about the man that was a local business field, an auxiliary state trooper, and a scoutmaster. I know that. I know there was no nothing ever reported, ever, for the thousand times that one of you was molested. But since you had, and those memories, oh my gosh, can you imagine being molested a thousand times and then repressing that memory? Come on now. Come on now. Stop it. This is The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. This podcast brought to you by My Patriot Supply. Did you miss the chance to get a 72-hour emergency food supply with free shipping for just 10 bucks? What's wrong with you? Don't worry, call 888-411-7440 right now. They have a few left and they're selling out fast. 888-411-7440. What are you waiting for? A disaster? Do it right now. 888-411-7440. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. So glad you're here. Don't forget plenty of uh, plenty of programming for you on the Blaze Radio Network today. Michael Pelka, Puro Pelka coming up immediately following this broadcast. Andrew WK with America WK. Chris Salcedo, Mike Slater, Joe Pags. That's your Saturday lineup on the Blaze Radio Network. There's no place, no place that you should be than right here. Okay. Okay. So apparently uh, with the Molly uh, hostage situation, we have uh, looked one American victim, a sad, sad day with the hostage situation in Mali. Uh, in Belgium, uh, they've raised the threat uh, to maximum level, their terrorism threat, maximum level, serious and eminent threat. If you look at some of the footage coming from uh, Brussels and from uh, the, around the rest of the country, I mean, you see military uh, heavy on the streets. I wonder if we would be able to take that here in America. I'm not sure. And, you know, the question, really, are we at war with ISIS? You know, last week we were on the... still on the receiving end of information about the Paris attacks. And, you know, the question was, yeah, we are at war. And that was the answer, we are at war. But are we? Are we, the United States of America, at war right now? I mean, it's a, it's a good question. I, I want to believe that we, we are. Um, I want to believe that we are. But... I think a lot of people think that, well, well, we're attacking over there, but it's not really our war yet. It's not really our war. Uh-huh. Well, we know that uh, some of the bombing that we did uh, earlier in the week uh, after the attacks uh, where we bombed up uh, uh, their supply lines and roads, we dropped flyers 
warning them to leave the trucks, get out of there, we're going to be bombing you. And we flew over, we've had some flyovers to scare them and let them know we were coming prior to that. Do you do that if you're at war? We also find out now that the U.S. military was prevented from using 75% of its firepower against the Islamic State. Come on now. Okay. According to the U.S. military, the White House National Security Council spokesman um, said, hey, that's an operational question. Uh, You need to uh, talk to the Defense Department. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Now, the Defense Department hadn't gotten back to the blaze, but one of their spokesmen uh, from the Pentagon, unnamed, of course, because nobody wants to be in trouble with Obama. Um, bottom line is we're not going to stoop to the level of our enemy and put civilians more in harm's way than absolutely necessary. Yes, that's true, and we shouldn't. However, it's going to have that's the problem, right? We saw I saw a story earlier in the week say talking about uh, the attack killed two civilians. Okay. Um, sorry, you're in a war zone. Sorry, you're in a war zone. I know you're living there. I know we're trying not to kill you. We're trying not to hurt you. But it might happen. The fact that aircraft go on missions and don't strike anything is not out of the norm. Okay? Despite U.S. strikes being the most precise in the history of warfare, conducting strike operations in heavily populated areas where ISIL hides uh, presents challenges. Oh, really? Yeah, it presents challenges. Mm-hmm. That's because... Um, Our president, uh, President Obama, believes no civilian casualties should happen. Zero. You know what? I believe that too. I believe that there should not be any civilian casualties. And we should do everything in our power not to have civilian casualties. However, we should not... Not retaliate. We just shouldn't. We have to stop them. I saw a great uh, drawing sometime in the last couple of days where the <laughs> most of the <laughs> most of the earth was circled and it said ISIS is contained. <laughs> and that's almost the truth, right? That's almost the truth. I mean, we have a list of cities, a new list, by the way, given to us uh, by ISIS, the kill list, and cities that are, you know, brand new on that list, brand new on that list. It's a nice list of cities. Do you live in one? I'll give you that list on the other side of our bottom of the hour news. I know many people. I also have a Rasmussen poll here talking about uh, how people, if we are, people believe if we are at war with radical Islam. And I also have a kind of a tongue in cheek Facebook post 
on what to do if you fall into a conversation with someone about ISIS who doesn't believe in retaliation. And while I say it's tongue-in-cheek, it makes a whole lot of sense. What to do if you fall into a conversation with someone about ISIS who doesn't believe in retaliation? Would that even be our president who absolutely said, I want no civilian casualties? Zero? Come on now. I know we'll get into it some more because I can't believe this policy. The Jeff Fisher Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Jeff Fisher Show. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Are we at war with ISIS? Are we at war with radical Islam? Hmm. Are we? Well, according to a Rasmussen poll, the National Telephone Survey finds 60% of likely U.S. voters believe the United States is at war with radical Islamic terrorism. 24% share the president's position and disagree. 16% undecided. Yeah, I mean, come on. I wouldn't want, to, I wouldn't want you to make a decision. Well, I don't know. Even 56% of Democrats believe America is at war with radical Islamic terrorism, a view shared by 70% of Republicans and 54% of voters not affiliated with either major party. 92% of all voters now regard radical Islamic terrorism as a serious threat to the United States. This includes 73% who say is it is a very serious one, and that's up 23 points from 50% uh, last year. Think about that. Yeah, they're contained. They're contained. Voters are also more reluctant now to agree with Obama that the radical Islamic State group ISIS, which masterminded the massacres in Paris last weekend, is not a reflection of Islam itself. Wait, what? The voters are also more reluctant now to agree with Obama that the radical Islamic State group ISIS is not a reflection of Islam itself. Hmm. 46% still think the president is right when he says ISIS does not represent true Islamic beliefs. That's down from 58% uh, who felt that way in uh, February. Wow. Wow. 35% now believe ISIS does represent Islamic beliefs. One in five. Oh, I don't know. Now, voters who think the United States is at war with radical Islamic terrorism are evenly divided over the question of whether ISIS represents true Islamic beliefs. And 60% of those do not feel America's at war, uh, agree with uh, Obama. 
weird. I'm not. I'd have to go inside those numbers. I'm very fascinated by these numbers because, as recently as January, 52 percent of all the voters said Islam, as practiced today, encourages violence more than most other religions. You think? And 75 percent said Islamic religious leaders need to do more to emphasize the peaceful beliefs of their faith. Some would say that uh, they do as much as they can. <laughs> oh, which isn't too much. <laughs> There's a book out there. Uh, it's called uh, It Is About Islam. I think it was written by, who the heck wrote that book? It Is About Islam. It Is About Islam. Oh, yeah, a guy by the name of Glenn Beck. Uh, you may want to read that. Uh, it's fascinating. 68%. Consider ISIS a very serious threat. 49% feel the federal government is not devoting enough attention to potential threat of domestic Islamic terrorism. And both of these findings came before the weekend terror in Paris. I would say 68% consider ISIS a very serious threat uh, should be higher, but that's pretty high. Uh, 49% feel the federal government is not devoting enough attention to the potential threat. I don't know that I agree with that. Uh, we haven't had that many. Uh, we've had a few of the attacks. Uh, we, we nothing, you know, uh, yeah, okay, you go back to 9-11, but I'm talking since 9-11. Um, we've done a pretty good job in containing them. I hope that we continue that. However, when we have a war mantra of no civilian casualties, zero, um, you're not going to get very far outside of the country. Now, ISIS has issued uh, a kill list. Uh, They issued one list with addresses of military personnel and phone numbers that was earlier this year. Uh, The Pentagon... Uh, notified all the personnel from that list saying, you know, hey, be on high alert. Uh, ISIS has now come out with another list, uh, brand new. Uh, cities that are on the their, uh, their kill list. Cities to be careful in, extra careful in. And, I mean, I think you could pretty much name these cities for yourself. Um, a couple of them you might go, hmm, Why? Uh, Washington, D.C., New York City, New York, Newark, New Jersey, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Toledo, Ohio, Indianapolis, Indiana, Chicago, Illinois, Charlotte, North Carolina, Miami, Florida, Tampa, Florida, Atlanta, Georgia, Dallas, Fort Worth. That's right here in Texas where we're broadcasting from. (laughs) But many of you are living in these cities. Uh, Midland, Texas, Amarillo, Texas, Houston, Texas, Phoenix, Arizona, Tucson, Arizona, San Diego, California, Sacramento, California, Los Angeles, California, Portland, Oregon, Seattle, Washington, Bonners Ferry, Idaho, Las Vegas, Nevada, Reno, Nevada, Arlington, Virginia. Wow. Wow. And those... Would almost, I mean, those, uh, you know, those cities could have terrorist attacks happen at any time. It wouldn't surprise me that it would happen somewhere else uh, just to, I don't know, throw us off. 
And if they shut down uh, transportation, and when you think about uh, what's going on in Belgium, I mean, Belgium is a small country, and they shut it down, and yes, it, it, it hurts that country for a little while, but the United States cannot shut down travel, not and survive, not survive very long. So, I mean, it's, it will be ugly if they try to do that. No question. So just be on alert if you're in those cities. Now, I read a Facebook post earlier this week, what to do if you fall into a conversation with someone about ISIS who doesn't believe in retaliation. And you say to yourself, what should I do? People believe how they believe, and I don't know if what I need to say to these people and what needs to happen. Okay, well, follow these rules. What to do if you fall into a conversation with someone about ISIS who doesn't believe in retaliation. Number one, engage in conversation and ask if military force is appropriate. When he says no, ask why not. Wait until he says something to the effect of, because that would just cause more innocent deaths, which would be awful, and we should not cause more violence. When he's in mid-sentence, punch him in the face as hard as you can. When he gets back up to punch you, point out that it would be a mistake and contrary to his values to strike you because that would be awful and he should not cause more violence. Wait until he agrees and has, has pledged not to commit additional violence. Punch him in the face again. Harder this time. Repeat steps five through seven until he understands that sometimes it's necessary to punch back. I, I want you to know that I do not condone that act. And it is a little tongue-in-cheek, and it's from, you know, a great Facebook post, so you know you know all those are true and actually happening in life. But I will say, it would make someone understand the situation. You're listening to The Jeff Fisher Show, The Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Mike Opelka, Pure Opelka, coming up immediately following this broadcast on the Blaze Radio Network. Just to wrap up a little bit uh, on this Rasmussen poll that we were talking about uh, in the in the last break. Uh, now, this took place the 17th and 18th of this month, so just a, you know, a few days ago. It was post uh, some of some of them. Uh, some of the poll took place prior to that, uh, prior to the Paris attacks. Uh, but we can talk a little bit about the Syrian refugees. Uh, voters strongly believe, however, that the Syrian refugees pose a national security risk, and most oppose settling them in the state where they live. So most people say, well, you know, that's a big threat, and I don't want them in my state. And there's a number of states, I don't even know what the grand total now is, and we've passed, you know, we've got Congress passing laws to block the um, block uh, the immigration of the Syrian refugees. Uh, obviously, President Obama is far, you know, he doesn't want anything to do with that. He wants to let in as many people as he possibly can. Uh, and most people, it's funny, they don't want them in their state. 
Um, I have a little, just a, a little bit of news for you. Uh, if they come into the country, uh, no matter what state they're in, uh, once they're in, um, we, one of the things that makes the United States great uh, is that you can travel uh, inside the borders of the United States uh, without being questioned. So even if they don't settle in your state, they could still, I don't know, it's, what's the word? What's the word? Oh, yeah, move. And unless we're going to put a tracking chip in all of them, which I may not be opposed to, uh, you know, good luck, God bless, once, they, once they're inside the United States. I mean, that's what makes the U.S. great, right? Right. And just as the final note, okay, uh, the voters believe that we are at war, Okay. Sizable, sizable, according to this Rasmussen poll, sizable majorities across most demographic categories consider radical Islamic terrorism a very serious threat to the United States. The majority of voters in nearly all categories believe the United States is at war with radical Islamic terrorism. Take a sip of coffee, light a smoke, relax. Okay? It's been a long week. It's going to be a nice couple of days, whether it's storming where you're at. Hopefully you got everything in so you don't have to go out and battle the storms. You can just stay in and build a fire, drink some coffee, and go out back and feel that wind blowing, light a smoke, and think to yourself, I don't have to go out there. I can stay right here. I'm going to go back in. <sighs> Enjoy the fire. What do you think of when I say Netflix, Amazon Video, Hulu, MLB.tv, WWE Network, HBO Now, Crunchyroll, NFL Game Pass, Sling TV? I just named nine of the top ten streaming TV video services. The top ten. Okay. You know what number nine is? The Blaze. The Blaze. Okay. And most of these uh, are public. We are not. Okay. So, ha. Huh. We were one of the top streaming sites. In the country. And it looks like maybe even in the world. Hmm, yeah, let's see what this is at the world. What's the headline of this? The headline is, oh my God, Internet TV reports ranks the blaze as more popular than Sling TV. No, say it isn't so. No, it doesn't say no, say it isn't so. But that's the headline, which is actually pretty cool, right? Internet TV reports rank the blaze as more popular than Sling TV. It also is uh, saying that uh, we're uh, in the top ten. And you know why that is? Because of you. Because of you. So thank you. I mean that. Thank you very much. It uh, 
pretty nice to see that on a list. And it's because of you guys. So thank you. I appreciate it. And it's good that, you know, it's a good network and it's all part of, uh, you know, Netflix and Amazon and Hulu. They don't even, you know, they're not even part of that whole broadcast TV. So good luck, God bless. And cable TV, I've actually missed my cable TV a little bit, but not much. Not much. It fades with time. It fades with time. You know why? Because I have the Blaze, Hulu, Amazon, and Netflix. <laughs> you don't need <laughs> you don't need that cable box when you have that. I'll guarantee you. All right. So we've got a whole bunch more to get to, and we also have the final bill for President Obama's 2015 vacations. The final bill is in. So now you know what you spent on vacations this year, right? And you've got a little bit of time left to spend it, spend uh, some more money on vacations. So we'll see exactly what President Obama spent and see if it comes close to what you spent. And I bet it is. I bet it's just you know within a few pennies of what you spent on vacation and what he spent on vacation. That could be wrong, but I'm betting that you guys are like neck to neck. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Yes, indeed. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number if you'd like to participate. We have got uh, an action-packed hour for you. Uh, A lot of new tech stuff uh, coming up uh, during this hour that I'm fascinated to tell you about. But I also wanted to talk to you a little bit about, uh, you know, uh, racism. So how racist are you? Do you think you're racist? Do you? Do you really? I mean, do you honestly think that you are racist? And do you think, thanks to Black Lives Matter movement, And so many things happening at universities now all over the country. Uh, First, you know, I mean, we'll give Missouri, the University of Missouri, Mizzou, the, uh, you know, the, give them the thumbs up for starting the big ball downhill. Um, And we find out so much of it is built on sand. It's not real especially in Missouri. I mean, the protester who was, wasn't sick. He was, he was on a hunger diet. He was on a food. He was, he was starving himself uh, to get what he wanted. And some of what he wanted wasn't real, uh, was based on things that weren't real. Um, his oppression was not oppression. Um, it's just unbelievable to me. And we've reached a point now where, we immediately go to that worst point, that racist point 
right from the very beginning. There's never an opportunity to say, wait a second. And then once we've reached that point, and then normally you get to the point of, oh, yeah, well, that wasn't racist. But, for example, Vanderbilt. Black bag been sitting on the steps of the Bishop Joseph Johnson Black Cultural Center at Vanderbilt University all day Tuesday. Now, immediately you think to yourself, no one walked by and picked up the bag. No one on the university walked by this bag and went, well, what the heck is that doing there? And picked it up. Okay, so it's been there all day Tuesday. An undergrad student working at the building got curious that evening uh, after the entire day, finally, and opened it up and discovered it contained feces. Now, I don't know about you, but I have seen out in the world dog poop and human poop. Okay. Hey, listen, I I worked in Manhattan. (laughs) Trust me. I've seen uh, human feces, uh, you know, out in the world. I know the difference. I know the difference between dog poop and human poop. <laughs> I know. I, you know what? You could call me an expert. I'm an expert of that. <laughs> I had thought about that before, but yes, I am an expert on, the, on being able to tell human poop from dog poop. Campus police called. Remember, this is in front of the Bishop Joseph Johnson Black Cultural Center. Okay. It's not in front of the gym. Uh, First campus police are called. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Then the grad student phoned Frank E. Dobson, Jr., director of the Black Cultural Center and assistant dean at the school, who rushed to the scene. Dobson then emailed dean of students Mark Bandis, who also hightailed it to the Black Cultural Center. And they were all there, accompanied by the Director of Office of Inclusion Initiatives and Cultural Competence. This is actually an office at Vanderbilt University. Director of the Office of Inclusion Initiatives and Cultural Competence. That's Tina Smith, by the way. And the Dean of Students, Mark Banderas, uh, came running to the Black Cultural Center, and he was accompanied by Tina Smith who, don't forget, Tina is the director of the Office of Inclusion Initiatives and Cultural Competence. Then the students found out. Oh, no. Oh, no. The students found out there was a dog, of, a bag of, of feces in a, out in front of the center. The general consensus was that the black bag of feces left at the Black Cultural Center steps was racially motivated act. Really? So, there's a bag of dog poop. I'm sorry, they're still calling it feces. Okay. There was a protest at Vanderbilt the day before, during which the list of demands on alleviating racism. Oh, no. It was signed by almost 200 students and hand-delivered to Chancellor Nicholas Zeppos. I wonder if Tina Smith, Director of Office of Inclusion Initiatives and Cultural Competence, was well aware of the demands. I'm sure she was. 
I'm sure she had nothing to do with the general consensus that the black bag of feces left at the Black Cultural Center steps was racially motivated. Come on now. A student group by the name of Hidden Doors, which brings to light minority experiences at Vanderbilt, was outraged and vented on Facebook over the deplorable act. The Hidden Doors team is appalled to announce that our demonstration yesterday was met this morning with a vile act. This morning, someone left a bag of feces on the porch of Vanderbilt University's Black Cultural Center. This act has hurt many and will not be received lightly. We will not allow for the desecration of the place we call home. As we announced yesterday and reaffirmed today, we will not be silent. Then, that night, they found the perp. Security cameras revealed that the bag had been left on the steps the previous night by a blind student who just picked up after her guide dog. <gasps> what? Now, how do you think the police felt? Now, the police right there, they're looking at the security camera and they see the student leave her dog poop on the steps. And the police know that nobody's going to believe them, or at least it's going to be very difficult, right? Because people have already made up their mind that this was racially motivated um, because there was a bag of poop on the steps of the Black Cultural Center. So it had to have been racially motivated. No question. But... We just found out that it wasn't. Junior Stephanie Zundel was meeting a group of students for study for her sociology class. When her service dog relieved herself on the lawn, on the Black Cultural Center lawn, Zundel did what she always does when she doesn't know where the garbage cans are located at. Cleaned up the mess and left it by the nearest building. Obviously, she doesn't know it's the Black Cultural Center, or maybe she does, but she knows that there's a building there, and she knows even if it doesn't matter to her what building it is, it matters that she can leave her bag of dog poop on the steps, and someone will pick it up. The one thing the guide dog school trains every student to do, if you don't know where the garbage can is, you always pick up the the poop and put it in a bag, then... Leave it outside a building. That way, someone else who sees a garbage can will put it in there. Because someone will walk by, I don't know, maybe even a day later, open it up and go, or pick it up and go, ooh, dog poop, and throw it away. Or even if they open it up, oh, dog poop, and throw it away. For the most part, when you see a old grocery bag, tied in a knot, sitting on the ground, you pretty much know that it's dog poop. Again, I'm, on a, I'm an expert on being able to tell the difference between dog feces and human feces. You may be an expert as well, but I know, I'm just telling you, I am. Okay, we've already, we've already figured that out. Now, I don't know what kind of expert Tina Smith is, the director of the Office of Inclusion Initiatives and Cultural Competence. <laughs> just, just drives me insane. 
Oh, my gosh. Now, Zundel got a call from police, and her roommates told her about the hidden doors post, which she told the... She said, oh, I've read it. And while Zundel indicated she supports the group, the tone of the post was troubling. So even the blind person, Stephanie, supports the group. She says, I support the group, but uh, the tone was really troubling. The thing that bothered me and upset me the most was the post was written very extreme. What happened was they wrote it without any investigation. What? So there were a lot of assumptions being made. Later that night, the university released a statement saying campus police found no criminal or malicious intent in this action. The investigation is considered closed. Huh. Huh. Now, what about hidden doors? What happened? Are they still wound up? Well, they deleted the original Facebook post. Uh Uh-huh. I bet they did. And I'm really surprised about that because normally they would just leave it up and say, yeah, that's what it is. It is what it is. Read farther down in one of our comments, we said we're sorry. But they deleted it and they put up a new one. It has recently come to our attention that we were absolutely misinformed about a situation that happened this morning at Vanderbilt's Black Cultural Center where a black bag filled with fecal matter was left on the front doorstep of the place that feels most like home to many black students on campus. We've discovered that the fecal matter was not left at the BCC by a vindictive member of this community. The investigation found that the bag was inadvertently left by an individual with a service dog who was authorized to be in the building. Oh, what? Could not find a trash can near the entrance, did not want to make take the bag inside. Given the recent evaluation and polarization of this campus and the aftermath of our silent protests this Monday, evidenced by tough personal exchanges and anonymous targeted posts, it was too easy for us to believe that a member of our community would stoop low enough to maliciously leave fecal matter at the Black Cultural Center. Yeah, they left it in a closed bag and sat it there out front so that it was, that's the race, that's how racist I am. I know what we can do. We don't want anything to do with those black cultural center people. So we'll leave a bag of dog poop out front on the steps all tied up. Boy, that'll show them. Come on now. Nonetheless, the post goes on. We apologize to the Vanderbilt community for jumping to conclusions and for any personal trauma caused by the quick escalation of this situation. We have personally contacted Stephanie Zundel and apologized for our reaction to the nature of this incident. At this moment, we recognize the needs of students with disabilities on this campus are also often marginalized. Yeah, and there are improvements to be made to make the perfect Vanderbilt experience accessible for all of its students. In an effort to contain the situation, the original post has been deleted at this time. Oh, that's so nice of you. Thank you. Now, Stephanie said, yep, I feel marginalized, too. I was just so very hurt. And the post specifically says things about the facing exclusion and isolation, which I totally understand. Since me being a blind person, I'm also a minority on this campus. And I also face separation and exclusion and discrimination. I'm definitely affected by it, too. Are you, Steph? Are you? Okay. No problem. No problem. Perhaps you should go meet with 
Tina Smith, the director of inclusion initiatives and cultural competence, we can get together. You can get together. I just love how it's automatically racist. We had appeared to come so far, and we'd appeared to come that at least we were outwardly trying. Everyone was outwardly trying to get along and get beyond race and get to human. And in the last few years, it seems as though we're not beyond race. And no matter what, it's always about race. And I can tell you, for me, it is not that way. And quite frankly, I find that I go out of my way to go the other way. And maybe that's a problem, too. I don't know. I don't know. You know what? <laughs> I'm going to call Tina Smith. She could probably help me out at the Office of Inclusion Initiatives and Cultural Competence. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show. Yes, it is. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Plenty of broadcasting left on the broadcast this show. And plenty of broadcast left on the broadcast on the rest of the day. I'm Michael Pelka coming up immediately following this broadcast with Pure Opelka. Andrew WK, Chris Salcedo, Mike Slater, Joe Pags. That's all today. Sundays, David Barton, Bill Handel, Jackie D. Come on. And then Monday through Friday, Doc and Skip, some guy named Glenn Beck. <laughs> uh, Buck Sexton, Jay Severin, Pat and Stu. I mean, there's no need for you to go anywhere else than the Blaze Radio Network. So I'm in the break room, and I overhear what uh, I hear people talking about what the, uh, you know, I don't know what Mike's giving away today on the Pure Opelka broadcast. Uh, you know, I, I've got a couple ideas, and I'll tell you one of the things that I overheard uh, that's happening. But I got an email uh, earlier this week from uh, Stunt Brain himself, from the great Michael Pelka. Uh, and his email went something like this FYI, in caps, the pure Opelka yoga mats will not be a thing, dot, dot, dot. And neither will the pure Opelka yoga pants. Stop it. Just stop it. Wait. I mean, you know, okay, I, I, I'm sorry. I don't recall mentioning the yoga mat or the yoga pants. I mean, <laughs> it's not a bad idea. Something you might want to think about. Mike, uh, what's her face? The actress, what's her face? Miss uh, Kate Hudson. She's got her active wear, big, booming. You could tie in with her, make a fortune. 
It's just a thought. It's a thought on my part. But I, you know, sorry. Sorry if someone let the cat out of the bag with the yoga mats and the yoga pants. I didn't talk about those that I recall. I mean, I mentioned a lot of stuff that you could possibly be giving away. I mean, I, over this week, I overheard that it was going to be the, you know, the holiday Opelka snow globes, stunt brain snow globes. But, hey, I mean, I, I don't know if you're going to give them away or not. I, you know, it's possible. I don't know. You don't have to get all testy. I didn't break the news about the pants and the yoga pants. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Okay. Obama travel expenses this year. Uh, so far, uh, and don't forget, this is uh, 2015. Um, Obama has spent uh, $3,115,688.70 on travel expenses this year alone. Uh, that's not counting uh, security. That's not counting... Uh, I don't think that counts uh, the air, the actual air travel itself. Uh, so it's a lot more than that. How much did you spend on your vacation? Really? Because the last seven years, $70 million. <laughs> yeah. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Jeff Fisher Show is on. Indeed it is. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. You can follow me on Twitter, at JeffyMRA. Facebook, Jeff Fisher Radio. Instagram, JeffyMRA. Hello. Just go there. You can put the little thumb up me on Facebook. You can follow on Twitter. And you can, you know. Follow me on Instagram. It's not that hard. <laughs> okay. Okay. Next week, I'm telling you, I promise, next week we're going to do all, well, I mean, not all, but we're going to do mostly tech. All right. It's going to be after Thanksgiving. Oh, my gosh. This is the Thanksgiving week. <laughs> wow. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your family. Have fun. Seriously, just enjoy your family. Be with your family. Enjoy. Have the house smell of what Thanksgiving smells, what you've come to know. I mean, I, I, I love this time of year. Not so much because I have to buy all kinds of presents and stuff. That's not what Christmas is about, is it? No. No, it isn't, doggone it. It's about family and togetherness. Yes, that's what it's about, okay? I mean, I, I love it. And especially just the, uh, you know, the idea of the whole, I mean, that whole Thanksgiving smell in the house and then you have the fireplace. And it's going to be great. So just enjoy it. Okay. I'm actually looking forward to it. But next week is, is apps. Okay. It'll be, it'll be Saturday after the Black Friday. We'll obviously have some Black Friday stories. You can count on them. There's always plenty of those. But we're going to, I got all kinds of tech stuff. I've got tech stuff. 
<laughs> I got tech stuff backed up where you won't believe. But I mean, I've got stories that are just loaded up with tech, and I, I want to share them, and I, we just never get to them. And there's only so much time in a day, okay? There's only so much time in a broadcast day. And then there's news and stuff that we have to actually talk about or I want to share with you and other things, and then we just never get to all the great tech stuff. So next week, day after Black Friday, tech, 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 tech. We've got the new Tinder app. The Tinder, you know, now I know if you don't know about Tinder, I mean, you can hook up. It's a, you know, they pretend not to be a hookup app, but that's what they are. And in your, you know, you got your area and you snap your picture and you can either like or deny, you know, and you can, you know, you end up at two in the morning with, you know, the third one down the list and you yourself may be the actual Tinder hoe. Okay. You might be that. If you think you are, you probably are. But now Tinder is, you know, they've been trying to, you know, make it seem like they're not the big, just, hey, that's all we do is hookups. No, we don't. We want to be bigger and better than that. So we can now show your job and education info so you can judge a potential match's qualifications. We're a dating and love site. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, Tinder, I just wanted you to know it all sounds good and everything, and, I, and I'm happy for you. Go ahead. You put whatever you want on your little your little app there and show me, you know, what he or she has, has got in your area there. But uh, I'm just letting you know. Uh, it's 1.30 in the morning. I don't care that she works at the – I don't care that she's the call operator for FedEx Monday through Friday. Okay. Don't care. Don't care. Just want to know, hey, is she available? <laughs> this is so sad. Now, now we have, and speaking of Tinder, we have the new Rumbler fighting app. Tinder for fighting app. Yeah, baby. Love it. So you can find out. If you want to fight, you can schedule, you can pick a fight, or you can go to a fight. Huh? How about that? Rumbler. Yeah, Rumbler. And you have little fists around your area. You know where the fights are. I am continually amazed, and I... They claim it's for real. It's supposed to be up and running the trial basis already. We'll see how it goes. Um... You know this stuff is real. You know it is. It's agonizing. Just agonizing. That you that someone would actually want to know where the fights is. But hey, that's the world we live in, right? Right. Of course it is. Of course it is. And of course, we talked a little bit on my uh, my tease for the show about a new body and the 3D printing. Uh, you know, they're starting to have the three-dimensional printing where they're printing, you know, you can have all kinds of stuff. And obviously people, you know, they 3D print all that bougie crap that you want. Oh, look, there's a coffee cup. Oh, doesn't that look like a fish? Yeah, it does. Great job. Waste of time. But the bioprinting that's starting now is cool. And 
bioengineering, along with the 3D printing, they're creating artificial organs, they're creating skin, they're creating body parts, and I am a huge fan, huge fan. How's your elbow? It's great. No problem. (laughs) Is that a 3D printer? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Because I'm going in for shoulder surgery here in a couple weeks. And if they would just put in a new 3D shoulder, no problem. 3D printed shoulder, put it in, walk away. I am all for that. They can go ahead and do the left elbow. They can do the right knee. The left knee's already got uh, a fake knee, but it's not the 3D printed knee. You want to put body parts in me that are 3D? I'm your guinea pig. Wait. Did I say that out loud? I guess I did, didn't I? Ooh. That's uh and we've got the top YouTubers. We got I mean, we gotta talk about this stuff. We got internet tech YouTuber stuff all next week, okay, for Black Saturday or Brown Saturday or whatever the heck they call it. Cause we got there's all kinds of cool stuff that you need to know about. And some of it you may want to know about for the holidays. Yes, that's correct. So I get this story sent to me, uh, and they're you know having you know people are joking and having fun, ha ha ha. But I actually think it's a it, what a tremendous idea. Uh, so in Los Angeles, and especially, and there's a big one in Moscow as well, toilet themed cafes. Now, yes, of course you think I don't want to eat in a toilet. No, of course not. But the theme. Where people are sitting on toilets for their chairs? Come on now. That's kind of cool. And they have, they do that. And in, in L.A. and, and in, Rush, in Moscow, they have uh, soup bowls. And uh, you're being served in what looks like a little toilet bowl. Come on, that's good stuff. Eating out of toilet bowls like that? Right? Come on. That's, you'd, you'd eat there. I mean, that's a great idea. Now they have the you know the Magic Restroom Cafe in uh, in L.A. and of course it's L.A. So when you look at the pictures, it's you know it's Los Angeles and it's you know it's not cafe, please. But I think that you should have uh, the next craze. If you this is a million dollar idea for me, just open it up. You'd be ready to go. Wouldn't take much. Just have your you know your coffee house. And you could think up your own little cute little name for it. Toilet seat coffee house. Caffeine in and out. <laughs> Whatever. But you have the toilet seats there. You sit on the toilet seats. It'd be, it'd be fun. It'd be fun. It would be one of the things that the Los Angeles place doesn't have is the tank on the toilet seats. They're all, they've looked like they've got, uh, they're all the same with the same colored seats and stuff. No, you, you want them different colored. So people are sitting at the red toilet seat table and the yellow and the multi Come on now. Get a little creative with the toilet cafes. Come on now. But I love the sinks. I mean, you could drink out of a toilet. You could drink out of toilet seat coffee cups. Come on now. Get creative a little bit at your toilet seat restaurant. It's a million dollar idea from me that other people are actually still doing now, so it's not really a complete million-dollar idea for me. But 
be fun, don't you think? Wouldn't it? Little fun? Just to sit on a toilet seat and drink coffee? Of course it would. And one last little tech story. Google. And we'll talk a little bit about this next week as well. But Google has debuted a new artificial intelligence system called Rank Brain. Okay. Now, it's using Rank Brain to manage the obscure queries that Google gets. So it's tied in with their search engine. Okay. But uh, it helps. You know, Google translate the phrases and the search that the search engine engine hasn't encountered before, but it's also uh, learning from its mistakes. <laughs> so, so it's we've created the brain that's learning from its mistakes already, tying it into Google. <laughs> Welcome to the future. This is The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Jeff Fisher. Okay. First, you can follow me on Twitter at JeffyMRA, uh, Jeff Fisher Radio on Facebook, JeffyMRA on Instagram. Uh, you can go to theblaze.com slash radio. You can download all the shows. We've got plenty of broadcasting all day, all week, right here on the Blaze Radio Network. Uh, look on Mondays uh, for uh, Aaron Hernandez and myself as we do Talking Walking Dead. We recap the uh, latest Walking Dead episode from Sunday night and we look to the future of what's to come. There are two episodes left in the first half of season six. Then we'll have to probably wait another 18 years before the second half of season six happens. But anyway, uh, then we got to take the winter break. So we'll get to that. We have two weeks left of Talking Walking Dead. Uh, And we have two weeks left of Walking Dead. Funny how that works out. Now, I have some sad news. Look, my life is an open book, right? I mean, we live in a fishbowl world. And this news right here, I am not happy about sharing at all. Okay? But it's out there already. And, you know, everybody's having fun with it. Ha, ha, ha. And uh, my my daughter running around the house. And it just, it's driving me insane. So I'm going to get it off my chest. Okay. I get it off my chest. It's not really sad news, but it is sad news. Okay. Now I'm going to read you the Facebook post that my wife put on Jeff Fisher radio. If you don't follow Jeff Fisher radio, just go there and like the page. My wife Posted. I wasn't going to post anything on my page about it because it's been, uh, you know, all over the other pages, been all over my son Elvis's page, and okay. So 
my son Elvis is getting married. My oldest son Elvis is getting married. And, you know, we've known that for a while. He's been, you know, with this girl for quite some time. And, you know, we all like her and she's wonderful. It's a wonderful thing. All right. It's wonderful. Yeah, we're all happy. <laughs> as happy little campers as we all can be. Well, now we announced that he's going to, uh, He's going to be a father. And, you know, hey, good for him. You know what I mean? Congratulations. I'm, I'm, I certainly can't talk bad about being a father because even though I'm, you know, I don't like being one, I am one. But that means, okay, that means I can't even say it out loud. I can't even say I'm struggling to say it out loud because if I say it out loud, it makes it true. Right. Isn't that the way it works? If you don't say it out loud, it's not true. Right. Oh, all right. Well, you know what it means. Struggling saying it out loud. If your child has a child, then Everybody thinks that you are not just a parent, but you're well, I'll just tell you that my daughter is happy that she's going to be an aunt. My youngest son is happy that he is going to be an uncle. My wife is happy that she's going to be a grandma. I, on the other hand, am not very happy about it. My daughter's running around going, Daddy's a grandpa, Daddy's a grandpa. It's not going over well at all. But congratulations to my son and my daughter-in-law. Anybody tell you you look great today? No? Well, doggone it, you do. You look fantastic. Except you're not going to wear that all day, are you? Ooh, okay. Looks good on you. This is the Jeff Fisher Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. 